Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Who's had a great week last week? Yeah? Awesome. Who wants a great week this week? Yeah, a few more people. A few more people. Well, let me pray just as we continue this morning. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We pray that you would sharpen us and strengthen us and empower us this morning with everything that you want to say. And Lord, we pray that you would move and you would strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm going to sort of continue on a little bit from where I was last week. Last week I spoke on what I called a date with destiny. So this week I've called it very creatively a date with destiny part two. (laughs) It's just easy when you can't think what else to come up with. But Winston Churchill said this, history will be kind to me for I intend to write it. History will be kind to me for I intend to write it. The truth is, every single one of us can write our history. Now, it may be, as soon as I say that, there'll be various thoughts that say, well, you know, what about God's plan? What about all of this? Life is a balance of the sovereignty of God and the free will of humans. It is a 50-50 split between his will and, and your will. And ultimately, now theologically, some of you are like really getting pulled in one direction right now. Because depending on, you know, how Calvinistic you are, Arminianist, you might be heading in one direction. But just think about that for a minute. The truth is God is sovereign. He has planned and predestined and he is all around us. But ultimately, he placed you and me here on earth and gave us free will to operate within the confines of his will. And so when we look at our lives, we recognize that we have little lives. We have a short time to live, but we have to steward that as well as we possibly can. And so we actually do get to write our history within his history. We get to make decisions. We can decide whether we're going to walk out on the road and do certain things. We're going to drive in a certain direction. We're going to buy certain food. We're going to do something tomorrow or tonight. These things are up to us. Or maybe we're going to study what careers we're going to. All of this is our free will. God will lead us and guide us and speak and open doors. But he gives us free will to operate in that realm. And so within the confines of that, we recognize that we have a great responsibility. We have a large responsibility to reach the destiny that God has called us here on earth. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward In Christ Jesus. I want to break down this passage 
this morning really simply to just summarize what destiny, I believe, destiny looks like. Firstly, Paul says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Many of us have had disappointments and doubts and letdowns and hurts and fears and all sorts of stuff throughout our life. But one thing we do, we need to forget what is behind. We need to forget what is behind. Now, you might have a struggle forgetting what is behind because these hurts are deep and these memories are strong and these distractions are powerful and it can be uh, hard sometimes to actually get past this stuff and then we need to bring it to the cross. We need to bring it to forgiveness. If we're really struggling to actually get to that place where we can forget what is behind, then maybe forgiveness is the key. Maybe forgiveness is the key to breakthrough. Maybe bringing it to the cross and letting the Lord wash us over and takes our burden away. Maybe that is access to freedom. But whatever we do, we can't be held back for the rest of our lives by hurts and fears and anxieties. Because then we won't reach our destiny. And God has called you, yes I mean you, to a greater destiny here on earth. Now he's called us heavenward, yes. But he's also called us to greater living here on earth. Just picture for a moment your life completely unlimited by anything. Unlimited by finances, unlimited by energy levels or lack thereof, or whatever it might be that you find limiting. Just just get rid of all those limitations for one minute. Just put them all aside. Every doubt, every fear, every insecurity, every limitation... Every maybe sickness or ailment or relational situation, all of that, just put it aside for a minute and picture your life in the center of that walking with Jesus 100% in his capacity, in his calling, in his destiny, in his power and in his strength. It's a good picture, isn't it? That's his destiny for you. That's his destiny. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy And sometimes we still kill and destroy ourselves, and others might try. But God's calling and plan is that you would have an abundant life, an abundant life. And this is his word, not mine. This is not just a pep talk, a rev up. This is to remind us of what Paul does here. He's reminding us we've got to strain toward the goal. We've got to strain toward that stuff. Why? Because it doesn't come easily. You know, it is so much easier to drive through Maccas and get a large Big Mac meal and just drive through and enjoy that than it is to go home and cook a nice healthy meal. Ever notice that? I don't know. And most of you obviously haven't been to Maccas for a while, but it's a lot easier just to drive through, scoff down that burger. You feel shocking afterwards, but it only takes a few minutes. And, and this is the kind of world we live in in the West, processed cheese living. It's just, it's, everything is processed, everything is manufactured, everything is instant. And the problem is it's, it's eked its way into Christianity. It's eked its way into the way we think we're living. So a lot of us live secondhand Christian lives. We live secondhand through someone else. 
We actually go to the store and we buy some Christianity off someone else, because hoping that it will give us enough. You know, if we have to live on Instagram quotes, and there's nothing wrong with Instagram quotes, but if your spiritual life is drip-fed by Instagram quotes, it is a very, very shallow Christianity. There's nothing wrong with them, but if that's if that's it, it's, it doesn't go very deep. And we, we need deep to be able to survive through the battles of life, through the, the stuff that goes on. And so Paul says here, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. We have to strain sometimes. Sometimes it comes easy. Sometimes it's a little harder. I don't know about you, but it's like that, whether it's in the natural or in the spiritual realm, good things don't come easy. They don't come easy. There's certain times we will feel like praying and reading his word and actually doing things for the kingdom. Other times we won't. But this is why Paul says straining toward, and he's referring to the athletes and they're straining toward the goal, toward the goal. We have a goal and it is eternity with him. That's our ultimate goal, isn't it? It's our ultimate goal, eternity with Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done for the stuff you did here on earth. Well done for going and doing things that no one ever saw, but I saw. And you're faithful and you're worship and you're praying and interceding and believing and standing in faith. This is the sort of stuff he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so we have to strain through the flesh. We have to strain through boredom. We have to strain through just mundane living and realize that life is so much bigger than that. How do we do that? We do that by doing what Paul says in verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Remember, there is a reward. If you are in Jesus Christ, you believe in him, you are going to be rewarded for the things you do here on earth. Now, you might be thinking, well, that sounds like a real works kind of faith. No, read the book of James. We will be rewarded by our king for the good things we've done here on earth. It's very clear. Now, it doesn't mean that our salvation is going to be whisked away from us if we don't do good stuff. No, our salvation is secure. Our salvation is sealed. But rewards are determined on our actions here on earth. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? It's something we don't often remind ourselves because it can feel a little bit too works-orientated. I'm just doing that because I'm works, or the Jehovah's Witnesses do that, or the Mormons do that. So we don't do anything sometimes because we're too scared to operate in a works mentality. And the truth is we are meant to do good works. It's meant to flow from relationship. Actions flow from relationship with the Father. It's not the other way around. We don't attain the Father through works. We do works from the Father. And when we do that, he loves it. He loves it. And so he actually offers us rewards. Not not a bandit 10,000 reward for the head of Julian McCoy because of the bad things he's done. No. But he actually gives us good rewards because of the good things done here on earth. Some of you are just catching up with that. It's okay. Jack Welch, a great business leader in America, says this, Control your own destiny or someone else will. Control your own life 
or someone else will. You might be thinking, well, just no one controls me. But hey, if the TV dominates our lives, it's controlling us. If, if our eating controls our life, it's controlling us. If, if bad things, if other situations or maybe other people which we've unhealthily let dominate us, then they're controlling us. That's not living free. That's living like a slave. We're called to be free. And so we want to remember that we have the right to choose how we live. We have free will to operate in this world, how God has uh, ordained it and how God has laid it out for us. But if we don't control it, then someone else will. And maybe just lethargy sometimes controls us. Lethargy, procrastination, something we've been talking about a lot lately, lately procrastination. Because everyone can do it. I can do it really, really well. But it's one of those things that can actually control us. Before we know it, we've, we've, we've just let go of a whole afternoon when we had a to-do list of three good things to do, especially if it was washing, putting away your thing, clothes or something, just mundane, boring things. No one likes doing that stuff. But ultimately, we are in control of our destiny. You are in control of your life. No one else. You are in control of this very week. What does this week look like for you? Is, is all sorts of other stuff going to control you? Or are you going to be in control and be in authority over your own life, your body, your mind, your spirit, your prayer life, what you eat, how you sleep, all of this stuff? We are in control. No one else can do that for you. And the greatest thing is you're in control of your spirit. You're in control of your connection to the Father. You're in control of your prayer life. All of these things you have control in your own realm, in your destiny. I want to encourage you this morning that like Esther, I read about Esther last week. It took Mordecai to remind her and say, hey, it might be that all this has happened for such a time as this. Let's just read that. Esther 14.4. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. I'm going to stop there for a minute. If you don't rise up to your destiny and your calling, someone else will have to. Someone else will have to. And it's a challenging thought. I don't know. Is there any competitive people in the room today? There's two. That's pathetic. There's a lot more. Yeah, there you go. There's a lot more. I know there's a lot more competitive people in the room than that. Let's have a competition to see who's the most competitive. Then we'll get some hands up. <laughs> All right. It's an interesting thought to think that God's looking to and fro across the earth to see who's faithful, who's taken up their calling, who's... And, and, and I dread the thought that I miss my calling and he says, well, you missed it. You just procrastinated too long. You were too lazy. You didn't really get in that place where I could actually release that upon your life. So I had to move on. I had to move on to someone else who was faithful. It's kind of what Mordecai is saying. Now, I know God is a loving heavenly father and he's patient, he's kind. But there is a point where he's got to keep moving. And he won't stop just because we do. 
he will keep moving. And so here we see the words say, but you and your father's family will perish. If we don't take up our calling, if we don't rise to our destiny, things fall down. Things fall away. And so our destiny has an impact on other people. Your destiny, your calling, your obedience to God's call will impact other people. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Who knows that you are alive and breathing this morning for such a time as this, that you would say yes to Jesus, that you would say yes to a greater destiny, that you would say yes to believing him again for greater things. So many of us Christians settle for second best out of disappointment. Maybe we've been through moves of God, churches before, we've, you know, we've been hyped up and then we've sunk down and we've been through seasons of, of passion, season of seeking the Lord, seasons of, of blessing and where it's all easy, but then it gets hard. And that's the journey for everyone. Everyone goes through this. I want to encourage you. Like Paul says back here, I press on toward the goal. You have a great goal. You have a great destiny. You have a great gifting that God has given you that he's given to no one else but you. Your prayers are unique. Your worship is unique to you. Your calling and your destiny is unique to you. It's an incredible thought, isn't it? No one else can look like you. No one else can worship like you. No one else can pray those intercessory prayers like you. And so when we don't do that, we're holding back on destiny. We're holding back on the best. How's this for a quote from William Shakespeare? I've never quoted William Shakespeare before. 30 years time, we won't even be able to say his name. Probably he'll be cancelled. Are you up to your destiny? Are you up to your destiny? Or in, in other words, are you up for it? <laughs> are you up to your destiny? God has placed a destiny in front of you. He's placed a calling in front of you. Even as I say that, some of you, I'm sure you're sitting there thinking, oh, man, I've heard this stuff before and you know, I've tried to sort of wind up the motors before and get it, get it going, but it's hard. It's Monday tomorrow and I think it's raining tomorrow, so it's going to be even harder. Uh, but hey, start this afternoon while it's sunny, whatever it is. If, if, if reading the Bible has been hard for you, start immediately. They say that forming a habit takes like six weeks, for me about six months, but um, you know, on average about six weeks. Uh, and if we don't do it immediately, that is the same day, we won't even start. And so if it's reading the Bible that you've struggled with lately, then start this afternoon or tonight. Open your Bible, start reading it, set a pattern in your life. You are doing, you are creating a destiny for yourself when you do that. If it's prayer that you've struggled with, then I think the easiest thing to do is get wherever makes you happy. If it's on the treadmill, if it's going for a walk on a nice day today, take the dog for a walk. You can take our dog for a walk. Do whatever it takes. Get in your happy place. Put on your AirPods, whatever you've got, just put them on and begin praying. The Father wants to hear your voice. The Father wants to hear what's on your heart. He's not mad at you. He's not annoyed at you. He's not, you know, annoyed that, okay, it's been th three weeks since I've heard from you. Where have you been? 
He's overjoyed that you're returning back into the fold. He's overjoyed that, hey, hey, we're, we're connecting again. That's the heart of the Father. And your destiny begins and continues when we get in that place. And out of that place flows good things. I've noticed that um, as uh, Karen and I, we discovered, like months ago, we discovered some fresh soaking music. And, you know, you need some new music at time to time, don't you? Fresh worship music or something. And so we've just been playing that regularly, like all the time. Sometimes Karen has it on all day. And I've got the same little monotone tune going. Even in my sleep, I can hear myself. So it's funny how it gets in. But, um, but it really works. Getting into a place stilling your mind and just getting in a place where we're meditating and dwelling on him. And for me, it actually means I have to strain through the flesh. I have to strain through my thinking, still down what, what I might be dwelling on or thinking and strain toward the goal because the goal is him. Are you up to your destiny? Are you up to your destiny or are you going to let another week dribble by, procrastinate things, and sort of see what happens. That's okay, but not much happens when we wait to see what happens. And so we have control of our destiny. I want the worship team to come up this morning. Why don't we stand, actually? Awesome. History will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Winston Churchill, funnily enough, we well and truly know who he was. He's in history. Why don't you just lift your hands? I want you just to connect with God, pray, See his face, whatever gets you into that place. You might want to let go of stuff that's got in the way. You might want to let go of things that have limited you. God does not want you limited. He wants you bigger and better and stronger and more powerful with more anointing, more authority than ever before. This is the kind of Christians that we need. And I know all of that can sound cliche. But it's only cliche if we are slightly critical or sarcastic or just a little bit jaded. If we take it for what it is, for its pure meaning, then we press forward toward the goal, toward heaven, toward heaven. Lord, we pray this morning you would release heaven. We take you at your word this morning. Lord, and we ask that you would release fresh faith, fresh anointing, fresh belief to believe your best in every situation, to believe your best in my life. He has called you to be the head, not the tail. He has anointed you to preach good news. He has stamped you with His blood, given you His Spirit, and 
given you a royal robe. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would breathe on us afresh this morning. Breathe on us with fresh hope, fresh power, fresh presence of God, that we may breathe in heaven. And even as of today, we may step differently and talk differently and walk differently and believe for fresh new things this very week. Lord, we take your word this morning. We're going to worship him for a couple of minutes. I want you to worship in faith and in spirit this morning to lift up your voice, to lift up your hands and to lift your heart to heaven and just give Him your best. Give Him your best in worship right now as we do this in faith, just to release our spirit.